0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Sered. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long haul truck, taxi cab, RV, camper, loft, heck, your parents' basement, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Sered, and uh, welcome to those of you, of course, catching the podcast through TalkZone.com. Welcome to you, those of you joining our hangout on air, our HOA, which is a live stream on YouTube. Those listening in on the Conspiracy Show app, free download from Google Play for your Android and iTunes for you iPhone users. I uh, recently um, interviewed Del Bigtree and Dr. Andrew Wakefield, of course, talking about their uh, film Vaxxed from Cover-Up to Catastrophe. And um, a little bit later in the hour, I'll uh, I'll let you know how... I, I, I feel so strongly about this film. And it's not... These are not anti-vaccine people. Dr. Wakefield has been tarred with that brush, but he is not. In any event, I really encourage you to get out and see that film and decide for yourselves. But I've never seen anything like this, how the mainstream media, politicians... Big Pharma, all seemingly in cahoots, circling their wagons. They don't want this film seen. I mean, I know people who tried to rent a theater to get this film screened, and they were told, no, we're not going to show that film. Never seen anything like that. Can you imagine? Never seen anything like it in my life. All right. Hey, imagine being a fly on the wall at Bohemian Grove. It's kind of a secret society summer camp, which is located... Uh, in Monterrey, California, among the redwood forests in Northern California, uh, we're going to talk to at least, uh, one of the grassroots activists, uh, with Resist the Grove, uh, Sean Ackley, and perhaps, um, well, we're trying to reach Greg Fernandez Jr. Uh, they'll, they'll join us, or Sean will join us, certainly in just a few moments. Uh, but once again, just a reminder, don't forget, season four of the TV program, The Conspiracy Show, with yours truly, now airing across Canada on Vision TV, Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Monday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, seasons 1 through 3. Available in the United States on Hulu and Amazon.com. Uh, and also, get on up to the website, strangeplanet.ca, and from there, there's a radio page, and you can click on the Conspiracy Show, That the radio program that you're listening to right now. All the information you need about the radio show is there. Who's coming up on the show? Uh, uh, you know, you can go to, uh, if you register, just click on the blue member uh, button on the left-hand side and register. It's fast, free, and easy. You become a member, then you have access to member-only areas like past show archives and the book club, and uh, it's it's worth you know taking a couple of minutes uh, and, and filling that out. There's also, of course, the TV page where you can uh, go to the uh, the conspiracy show television program website, and uh, also a live events page. And keep an eye on that because we have some live events coming this fall, including one Saturday, October the 15th. It's called Take a Walk on the Dark Side, Rock and Roll Myths, Legends, and Curses, with my good buddy R. Gary Patterson, who is a rock historian, quite a musician in his own right. And uh, he is uh, sort of, well, he's the Fox Mulder of rock, and he uncovers all these strange coincidences, uh, strange deaths. Uh, of uh, some of the rock legends. And he'll be here Saturday, October the 15th. Tickets will be going on sale very soon. Just keep checking the live events page at at, uh, uh, strangeplanet.ca. All right. For two weeks, every every summer, the 2,700-acre secured private camp in the ancient Redwood Forest of Northern California plays host to some of the most powerful men in the world. Every Republican president since 1923 has been a member of Bohemian Grove, including Eisenhower, Nixon, Reagan, and the Bush family Bush family maintains a strong involvement to this day. The top secret operation behind the development of the atomic bomb, known as the Manhattan Project, was first planned, apparently, at the Grove back in 1942, and it's said to have played a key role in major political and business deals since it was founded in the late 1800s. This place is a conspiracy theorist's dream come true but it's also a summer camp in the middle of a remote forest where the global elite can take off their ties and behave like a bunch of lost boys who've tied up their camp counselor free to run wild and break all the rules Sean Ackerley is with us Sean, are you there? I am. Hey, how you doing? Terrific. Thank you for joining us. And do we have Greg Fernandez? We're trying to reach your your colleague Greg Fernandez, Jr. We'll keep trying uh, but I'm glad that you've uh, joined us sean how did you uh how did you become sort of a bohemian grove uh a tracker you, uh, you live in the San francisco area i understand is that right
1: i do i live in the san francisco bay area it's pretty large and how did you first how
0: did the bohemian grove first grab your attention
1: well you know I came across the grove through the other actions I was doing i was getting in- with um actions like uh end the federal reserve uh learning more about like guys like ron paul um and through those actions i heard um of a group of people just kind of got together you know organically and based on that then i guess you could say you know my eyes opened up more and more and more probably something around the end of 2006 beginning of 2007 i just started learning more about this stuff and a bunch of elites showing up at the...
0: Okay, you're, we're you're losing that. you on the Skype. I think what we're going to do is uh, we're going to call you back. Why don't we do that? You, uh, we're going to hang up now. We're going to call you right back on your cell phone. Sean Ackerley is with us. He's a, uh, a um, an activist in the Bay Area. Resist the Grove. We're talking about the Bohemian Grove, and this is... Uh, Kind of the summer campground for the super elites. It's uh, located on 2,700 acres near Monterrey in Northern California, and um, this is a permanent uh, location. I mean, we, we think about other elite gatherings like the Bilderberg uh, Group, for example. They move that around a different five-star hotel every year, and they sort of move it from one continent to the next. And of course, uh, always uh, you know high security. You can't get anywhere near it. They clear out the hotel. Uh, I mean, I've known people that were in the hotel, they had reservations, uh, and then in comes the um, the Bilderberg Group, and they are, they are moved out very quickly. Um, I think we've reached Sean uh, on his cell phone now. Sean, are you there? I am. I think that's going to work better. Great. Okay. So um, now, how sort of compare and contrast, let's say, the Bilderberg Group with Bohemian Grove. I mean, are, is, there a, is there a lot of overlap? In other words, at least the North Amer- the Americans that you would find at uh, the Bilderberg Group, do they, by and large, also show up at uh, Bohemian Grove?
1: You know what? I, I think the two groups are a little bit separate. Um, of course, I don't know all of the, uh, the membership list, but um, from what we've gathered, the internationalist guys that go around the world doing Bilderberg, um, many of them don't show up at uh, Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove is more like a West Coast thing for, uh, for the United States. You have a few people that might have flown into it at some point. Um, even some presidents might fly into it. Um, well, we actually call it Bilderberg West because you have one group on Bilderberg East and then another group on Bilderberg West.
0: All right, but the agendas, uh, or at least the people that go to Bohemian Grove and the Bilderbergs, they are of like mind. Essentially, we are talking about globalists, correct?
1: That's the way I would actually put it. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at a lot of the local news um, that comes out in Sonoma County, you know, they talk about how it's um, you know Republicans or conservative you know power elites that show up at the Grove, and certainly. There has been a history of that, but those people, whether it's the Koch brothers, to um, other uh, talk show hosts, um, whether it's you know Disney members or whatever it is, these are all globalists. So I would absolutely agree with that. Um, they're they're international in focus. Their money is international, and they're looking out for their own international interests.
0: Sean Ackerley is with us, and uh, he's um, a Bay Area activist who has kind of uh, become a Bohemian Grove tracker. Now, how close can you get to the actual uh, elite playground up there in Monterio? I mean, is the security as, as tight as it is at a Bilderberg meeting?
1: No, actually, it's not. Um, it has certainly gotten a little bit tighter throughout the years. We choose to do a um, a hangout, um, uh, uh you could call it tracking, you could call it uh protesting, uh, you know, there's various words for it. Um, we choose to do that outside the gates so they know that we're there and we don't try to do anything subterfuge. But quite frankly it's a very large grove and it's it's not you can't really contain it. There's a river on one side, there's there's you know forest all around it. Um, if you you know had an interest in getting in there um you would essentially just have to make a game plan on, you know, what you would look like, who you might talk to, what you might say. Um, and uh, it's, it is possible, in my opinion, that you could get in. Uh, our group doesn't try to do that. Um, we simply like to talk to people, talk to the employees that are coming in and out of the main gate.
0: And talk to me about. uh, I mean, there seems to be, unlike, for example, the Bilderberg meetings, where you know people show up in stretch limos, shirt ties, uh, at a five-star hotel, and uh, have in uh, in in-camera meetings. In in other words, no press allowed. There seems to be kind of an occult undertone at Bohemian Grove. You've got you know uh, this forty-foot-high stone owl on the banks of a lake and you've got these uh, supposedly these robe draped worshippers in attendance I mean talk to me about some of the pagan rituals or the occult well we'll do that when we come back the music's coming along uh, Sean Ackerley is with us we're talking about Bohemian Grove which is happening well uh, I believe it was July 16th that kicked off and we'll find out more details about that when we come back Sean Ackerley resist the grove stay with us on the conspiracy show Big Brother is listening, and so are you. To The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Sean Ackley. Uh, Apologies, Sean. I I think I referred to you as Ackerley, but it's Sean Ackley uh, is with us. And uh, it's Resist the Grove. And incidentally, if you want to uh, follow... Uh, Sean's blog it's blog.resistthetyranny.com blog.resistthetyranny.com and there you can read uh, his um, dispatches. Uh, He's he's been involved in End the Fed and uh, sort of an admirer of of Ron Paul and Thomas Jefferson and uh, has also been involved in uh, We Are Change. He co-founded, in fact, We Are Change, San Francisco, Resist the Grove, which I mentioned. Uh, and the Fed, and uh, has been involved in other libertarian, even Tea Party events and causes. And he hails, while he hails from a more conservative background, he maintains a libertarian view of the world, and uh, a local heartfelt drive only a father of three boys uh, can muster. Now, uh, the actual timing of the um, of Bohemian Grove this year was a July 14th or 16th that it kicked off.
1: Right. So it's July. Um Roughly the 14th, which is a Thursday, is when they start arriving. So to answer briefly your question about limos and stuff like that, they actually do show up in uh, limos and town cars. Of course, California is a little casual, uh, but they're all, you know, the blacked-out windows and stuff like that. And uh, some guys drive themselves from the airport. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's on the 14th. Uh, staff arrives earlier in the week. And then, uh, of course, it's a Saturday in this year was the 16th. So we hold it usually on the 16th. Just So, um, well, it's easier for all of us who actually, you know, have to work for the man and everything. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> work for the man. And I, I was asking you earlier before the break about the, um, about sort of the pagan or occult undertone. The, this 40-foot uh, stone statue of an owl. And uh, I believe there's a statue of St. John with his hand, like sort of uh, making a shush sign. Uh, tell me about some of the uh, the pagan trappings. Well, St. John is no pagan, but tell me about the 40-foot owl.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you could easily get on uh, Internet Google Images. Um, of course, there's a few uh, free videos on the Internet about this. Um, occult, uh, which is, you know, just hidden, right, or secret. Um, uh, Babylonian rituals, uh, stuff from, you know, what, we're, what we would consider old school, Um there are not just trappings, but the, uh, the ritual itself, the cremation of care, does have undertonings of, you know, um, cremating or getting rid of care or the fact that, uh, you know, you do all of these things in the world where you make your life the way you want it. And when I say you, meaning like the elite or those people who believe in the way that they're going, they want to, you know, relieve themselves of the worry that they have of what they're imposing on the rest of us. Um, and, you know, I would have to say that there has definitely been, I mean, since 19, you know, you could say 1913, maybe 1934 or something like that. There has been a lot like a steeper path in this occult practice. The, the ceremony of the cremation of care today, I think, is much more symbolic of what it used to be. Um, the druid shrouds, the, um, the costumes that they wear, this is all relatively the same, but the attendees, since we haven't had somebody in the grove actually filming since around 2000, I'm not sure what has happened over the last you know, 15, 16 years. Um, my guess is that a lot of the attendees are no longer um, perhaps believe in the occultic version of that or are dressing themselves that way. Um, Or perhaps they're doing like a Halloween. I was talking at the Grove about possibly more of like a Halloween type of a thing where they're dressing up but they don't really believe it. Um, Just simply because I know we have uh, like the Italian consulate was there two years ago, we have Google, Facebook representatives, there's representatives from other big business that have various agendas, whether it's from RFID to um, military contractors to um, well, you know, Google and Facebook that track all of our data um, with or without our permission. Um, So with those kind of members, it would be interesting to find out what they actually thought about it. I think it would be conjecture for me to really...
0: Right, whether whether it's just kind of the trapping uh, that uh, is now mainly a metaphor or whether they still uh, sort of recognize and uh, acknowledge the significance. I was reading um, something here online. It's a a quote from uh, a book called Medicine Cards, The Discovery of Power Through the Ways of Animals. And they talk about... Uh, The the Stone Owl, when – and and they say that if you ask any Native American elder, they'll tell you this. When owl manifests in a stone form, it means lack of empathy. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not surprising. I mean, we've certainly seen that reflected in political leaders, a total lack of empathy, almost a sociopathy. Um, um, But what do they – I mean, do they actually get down to business? I mean, is it mainly, you know, sort of frolicking and behaving like uh, frat, frat boys? Or do they get down to business and have uh, sort of a tête-à-tête when they discuss? Let's say, for example, you know, the, the, the order goes out that Facebook is going to uh, uh, censor, you know, conservative viewpoints, which is certainly happening right now. Or, you know, kicking people off Twitter, like people like Milo. I mean, do they have those kinds of sessions, or is it mainly kind of just a relax, a relaxing uh, weekend?
1: No, I can't imagine anything being relaxed um, completely. Um, you are when. Just think about it this way: whenever you get four of your friends together, and I'm talking four of your friends, Richard, and four of my friends, or four guys from Monsanto get together and start talking about stuff. They are not gonna sit there and just simply talking about things that don't matter, okay? And what I mean is things that don't matter to them. So if you have four guys from Monsanto and what matters to them is making money by selling chemicals to people, that's what they're gonna talk about. And of course they're gonna throw in some of the fun stuff, whether it's the beach or in this case it's the grove, it's the woods, of course they're gonna do that. I know for an absolute fact that if I went to the Grove and I hung out with, let's say, a hundred of my friends that I meet not only year to year but that I meet, um, you know, in business, on conference calls and stuff like that, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to talk about stuff that has happened, stuff that I don't like. I'm going to confront people and say, hey, why did you do that to me? And I'm going to start talking about the future. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you, you have this audience sitting there of people that maybe look up to you or maybe people that you look up to, you know? And uh, I, I simply think that it would be, you know, ridiculous to assume that they don't talk about what's important to them. And in this case, it's going to be what's making them money and giving them power. And, of course, power is ultimately, I think, what this is all about, right?
0: Well, there is the um, the story of... Uh of uh, then Governor Bill Clinton attending a Bilderberg meeting in 1991, I think it was maybe 1990-91. Uh, nobody knew who, outside of Arkansas, who Bill Clinton was, and uh, he met uh, David Rockefeller there. Uh, Rockefeller proceeded to to, to quiz uh, Bill Clinton about his views on on globalization. When Clinton answered correctly and made it apparent that he was on board with Sort of the globalization uh, plan, Rockefeller supposedly stuck out his hand and said, "Thank you very much, Mr. President." And of course, within months of that supposed meeting, Clinton was being declared the front runner by all the major networks. Do absolutely do presidents or or, or candidates uh, likewise? Do they go before Bohemian Grove in order to to win that imprimatur? Do they need to 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 pass that muster?
1: From my and let me see here now. 2012-ish is kind of when I got really more serious about this whole thing. From about 2012, my research is to suggest that this is more of where the companies and the people who implement all of the actions for the Bilderberg Globalists is where they go. So they're there to listen to people give uh, Lakeside uh, chats. They're there to listen... what's going to be happening over the next year. The movers and shakers that show up are there to do the leading and to be the representatives of what's happening. And and do they go there to get vetted out? I don't think at that level. I think that if you were vetting somebody, perhaps it might be a representative for Facebook or a representative from a consulate or or from some local military, like I was mentioning, those those three primary groups. Uh, Could even be from local politics, but I haven't personally seen anyone there from politics, but I, I have to assume that there is. Um, but at the level of, let's say, president or the movers and shakers like the Kissingers and and um, guys like that, a Trump or you know, who even knows if Trump is going to Bohemian Grove this last week? Um,
0: I can't imagine. Level, he is. I can't imagine. I mean, he's he's really he really has the. Uh, the elites in both parties i call it the you know it's i don't call it it's it's the war party uh republican democrat uh, i mean it's really a two-headed monster i can't imagine that, yeah. tr- that trump would be uh uh first of all i don't think they could trust him with their secrets
1: <laughs> right and i think that's where it comes down to right is because um i mean i I've, I've openly told people this and i'll i say this on this show if somebody invited me to go to the bohemian grove um, and it was just an open, outright, "Hey, you know, we know who you are. We want you to come to the Grove to see what it's like." Um, I'd go. I mean, why not take a uh, why not take a uh, you know invitation like that? But at the same time, of course, you're not going to. Uh, you're obviously going to know that people will not be telling you the things that they normally would speak about. And I think this is why Bilderberg of all is is the most locked down because they keep telling us oh, well, we want to have a place where we can speak our mind and not have the press in there and talking about everything we want to do. And the same holds true for Bohemian Grove. They have a, a press blackout in California. Only the local two newspapers, um, you now possibly the San Francisco Bay Guardian, will talk about Bohemian Grove. There's no other news coverage at all of Bohemian Grove. And uh, And if there is, perhaps it's five minutes on a... Local newscasts. I haven't found it at all, um, and I think that's the most powerful thing about this is news newscast. Um, Richard, I'm sure you've heard this before, but if uh, you know uh, this is about Bilderberg, but it would apply for Bohemian Grove where there's 2,000 people there. But I mean, at, at Bohemian Grove, there's at Bilderberg, there's like 800 people. You have 800 or 300, 800, 2,000 top people that are movers and shakers around the world or in government politics and big business they got together in one single place you know um, let's say they were basketball players and they all got together in one single place and it was all hush hush and was a total news blackout there would be people that would definitely want to see that on the news and it's kind of like, well, wait a minute if these are people that are affecting our lives ultimately they're making you know decisions presumably for us Um
0: Right. Where's People the- People are going to want to know that. Exactly. Where's the intellectual curiosity, uh, from the Fourth yeah. Estate? At the very least, they'd say, well, you know, what are they talking about in there? And instead, what in, they invariably do, whether it's the Bilderberg meetings, it's always this tongue-in-cheek reference to you know, uh, conspiracy theorists, or uh, you know, very excited about the arrival of Queen Noor of uh, or uh, uh, Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands and, and David Rockefeller and, and so forth. But where is the intellectual curiosity? That's what I always want to know. Why do they? Why are they so dismissive that other people are interested, but they choose uh, not to cover it? Um,
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's local Sonoma groups. Um, you know, there's there's a local Sonoma group that's been meeting up there since you know, some of the uh, nuclear talks were happening at the Grove many, many years ago, you know, back in the 60s, and um, they have kept track of the Grove for quite some time, talking about how it's a, uh, you know, a collection of, um, you know, movers and shakers talking about big business matters and, um, you know, deciding the, the fate of our future, and, and okay, that's great, and they've really done a bang-up job, you know, making sure that people know about it, once again, same press blackout from the 60s. Same press blackout. Nobody covers it, and and so even today, you know, I get involved. I have a little bit different view than the Sonoma um, people. Um, you know, Sonoma's a different crowd, of course. Um, they've been there since the 60s, and they ha- are, um, you know, I don't know, self self-proclaimed hippies and stuff like that. And that's great. I mean, I, I look. I love all kinds of people. Like I said, I'm a libertarian in heart right now. And um, they just keep everybody informed about what's going on. But same press blackout. So that's why we're up there. I I want people to understand we're going to do the YouTube. We're going to do Facebook. We're going to do all the things that everyone else doesn't want to do. And at least people can go and write us and say, hey, what are you doing next year? And maybe next year we have 20 people or 100 people. Or maybe the year after that it grows. And... um, uh, ultimately, I mean, I can maybe give a plug for 2020, but we want to get the group Bohemian Grove at the Grove. So I'm hoping that'll take place.
0: <laughs> All right. Sean Ackley stays with us. Resist Tyranny is, uh, tyranny is the name of his blog, blogspot.resisttyranny.com. And uh, we are talking about the, uh, the summer camp for the elites, Bohemian Grove. He calls it uh, the Bilderberg West. When uh, the movers and shakers, the super elite, people with more money than God, more power uh, than the soap salesmen, the politicians, all gather together for a couple of weeks and... um engage in, well, we'll talk about some of the lewd and lascivious behavior that uh, supposedly goes on there as well. And we'll also discuss whether or not live sacrifices have ever happened. There is an interesting photograph going back to 1909. Uh, We'll talk about that as well. Sean Ackley, and uh, we'll we'll hope to connect with his colleague Greg Fernandez Jr. before the hour is up. Stay with us. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back. Sean Ackley is with us, Resist the Grove. And uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get his colleague Greg Fernandez Jr. on the program uh, to talk. But uh, in his stead, Sean, tell us about Greg's book, which is Dull Care, which is kind of a brief glimpse into this annual Bohemian Grove gathering.
1: Dull Care was published because he wanted to get something out before the Grove this year, put several chapters in there, uh, one of which, of course, is on uh, Bohemian Grove. And it's going to be a part of a larger book called What is Truth that he's going to publish out later. But, you know, there's a few chapters, uh, extremely briefly, I mean, you know, talking about the club itself, the cremation of care ritual, where it goes into some of the Babylonian rite, Babylonian ritual um, that you were talking about earlier. Um, talks about lakeside chats to go on, and this is kind of where, you know, you have a guy talking Let's say Google or something like that is talking about what they're doing, what they're wanting to accomplish, and then everyone listens to them. And of course, then that's when I believe, of course, is uh, the next day you've got people that are discussing everything that's happening at the Lakeside Chat. Um, there is a um, there's an actual chapter on David Gergen and about uh, Alex Jones's uh, meeting with him.
0: And David Gergen, um, we should point out, was an advisor, I believe, in the Reagan administration, uh, or was it? Yeah, it was Reagan, wasn't it? David Gergen? Uh,
1: yes, David Gergen, uh, former presidential advisor to Richard Nixon, Geraldine, Dean, <laughs> Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, and Bill Clinton. So quite, quite the uh, history with this man, right? Um, so you'll get information on that. Um, there's a chapter called Search for Truth. Um, various people that have gone into Grove like Mike Hansen, uh, Chris Jones, um, and some others, they're always looking, of course, for the truth. You
0: mentioned ma- you mentioned, and you mentioned Mark a- Hansen, and, and it was um, Hansen and Alex Jones that, uh, that went to the Grove in 2000 and actually captured – were secretly videotaping um, – You know the worship of Molech, uh, which is the god of child sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is this is one of the rituals. There, they're actually worshiping Molech, the god of child sacrifice.
1: Right now, I would like to point out that we, of course, always try to look for the most truthful explanation to things, Um, and there is documentation on the Bohemian owl or the owl of Bohemia, as it were, and. As far as the references to Moloch, I believe they are Moloch-type Babylonian worship, um, because I believe it's been pointed out that the, Bohem- the Alo of Bohemia is itself not an image of Moloch itself, um, but one of the um, uh, pagan idols used in those rituals. I, it, it's an important distinction, because we have some groups that say, well, wait a minute, that's not an image of Moloch, or that's not Moloch, so everything else you say is wrong. And I just want to say that we're just simply looking for the truth. And uh, uh, this is something that Mike Hansen said. This is in the book as well. Would you let your neighbor even walk your dog or babysit your children if they were sacrificing humans in effigy to some 45-foot stone owl god and chanting, oh, great owl of Bohemia? I mean, is that something you really want to be discussing with your neighbor? Right. Well, yeah, I just go down to the grove and do these things. It's like, oh, okay. Wow.
0: Right. In effigy, <laughs> in effigy, but still symbolic, and and, and yeah. it's not just uh, you know members of the Royal Order of uh, Water Buffalo that are doing this. These are world leaders: uh, uh, Helmut Schmidt, the former um, yeah. leader of, of Germany; uh, R- Ronald Reagan, and and Richard Nixon, both credited the relationships they cultivated at the Bohemian Grove in helping pave their way uh, to the White House now I mean I'm, I, I, I by and large I was I'm a big fan of Ronald Reagan but everyone has some skeletons and so I guess if you want to if you're an outsider and you want to win the ultimate prize and, and that's the White House sometimes you got to play the game
1: I agree I mean I, I do believe that Reagan had his moment um yeah, I think you summed it up really well because he uh, didn't want Bush in there, and, of course, we know how all that turned out. And
0: uh, Yeah, that was foisted upon him. Uh,
1: it, and he's a West Coast guy, right? I mean, you know, basically, you know, I think if anybody's going to show up at the Bohemian Grove, it's going to be somebody like a Reagan, and that's why I'm suggesting that if we have anybody locally, I mean, like did Arnold Schwarzenegger show up at Bohemian Grove, for instance, I would almost have to say he probably did, but I I mean, we didn't actually see him, of course, but that would have been really secret if he would have been brought into the Grove. Um, But these are types of questions that should be answered at some point. Well, here's another Um, important
0: consideration. Because you have – we're heading into a break. We'll address this when we come back. And I do want to get to that photograph of – it's an African-American. Back in 1909, they had another name for African-Americans, and he is tied to a stretcher. This is a picture taken at Bohemian Grove. Uh, and, you know, the question is, are we are we talking about here a live sacrifice? Uh, we'll discuss that. Sean Ackley, Resist the Grove, stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarin. Uh, welcome back. Uh, just a programming note. Next week on the program, the return of the man with X-ray eyes, Canada's Edgar Casey, uh, Dr. Uh, Douglas James Cottrell will be here uh, in the second hour of the program. Right now, Sean Ackley stays with us. Resist the Grove. We're talking about Bohemian Grove. What happens at the Grove? Uh, do uh, those in attendance practice the occult? Um, are we talking about the Illuminati? Uh, Sean, I mentioned this picture I, I've seen online. It's dated 1909, and it appears to be taken at the Grove. We see an African-American tied to a stretcher. Uh, and, you know, the, the speculation, of course, rampant. Was this, in fact, some sort of a live sacrifice? What do you, do you, Are you familiar with the picture? What do you hear? What do you know?
1: I am familiar with the picture. I mean, I've seen it before. Of course, pictures like this, all you're going to see is uh, no context associated with it. If there were live human sacrifices taking place during, let's say, the cremation of care, I would have to think, and that's just because, once again, I am a reasonable person, I would have to think that that itself would get out and somebody would talk about it. But, once again, that's because I'm a reasonable person, and I don't think that anybody would keep that a secret. And, and of course, I think being naive, you have to say, well, I don't really want to think about like them actually burning a live, black, African-American person, you know, on a stretcher. That is pretty difficult to think about. And so, no, I'm hoping as part of play acting, as far as things like human or child sacrifices, you could delve into a really deep rabbit hole about Bohemian Grove by looking into names like Ted Gunderson's investigation of Colonel Michael Aquino, for instance.
0: Right, and yeah, this this, uh, child abduction ring. Uh, that has been linked to some very, very highly placed individual, uh, uh, not only in the United States, but in the United Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, is, is Bohemian Grove somehow tied into that?
1: Absolutely. And if you, and this is why I just want to look for the truth. And there's a lot of really dark, dark secrets and dark happenings around the Grove. But of course, around the Grove, of course, is San Francisco. So, You have the Bohemian Club, and then you have all the areas of San Francisco, including the South Bay, which are within a couple hours of the Grove. So where is it actually happening? I mean, Aquino worked right out of the Presidio, and this whole child abduction ring is real stuff. I mean, this is not conspiracy theories at all. This is proven child abduction rings that, you know, there's, there's books about it. And there's books of people who've seen this. Ted Gunderson himself was on the trail. Um, One of our even local activists, Doug Millar, worked with Ted Gunderson, worked on this. So this is real stuff. And you don't have to go very far to look into information. I think Ted Gunderson had a keyword called invisible casaria. Yeah, invisible casaria, new world order. is maybe a possible search term people can look up and and do more search for themselves. Uh,
0: For for those who have have seen Stanley Kubrick's uh, last film, Eyes Wide Shut, there's a lot of parallels there between this secret group that, uh, well, Tom Cruise, of course, plays this doctor who um, sort of gets involved in uh, this mysterious party where men are wearing masks and there's orgies going on and so forth. There's a lot of parallels between that and and Bohemian Grove and, of course, the speculation that... uh, uh, that Kubrick was the Illuminati's official filmmaker, staged the uh, moon landing, and so forth. And and but he he desperately, before he died, wanted to sort of tell the truth about this group. And and because he made Eyes Wide Shut, he paid for his life with that. What are your thoughts?
1: I have heard stories like that. I I don't believe any of that stuff is um, outside the realm of possibility. Absolutely. I, I I'm a conspiracy realist. I, I believe that this world is controlled through conspiratorial methods, uh, kind of the way G. Edward Griffin um, talks about the conspiracy view of history. Um, I don't think it takes a lot of stretch of the imagination, quite frankly, to believe things like that, because all you need to do is get two or more people together, um, no matter how powerful they are, and if they conspire to do something, including stealing an ice cream. It's still a conspiracy theory, you know? Did they do it? You know How much, you know, did they pay to steal it? You know, where did they take the ice cream after it was done? I mean, right. it's still a conspiracy theory, right?
0: Absolutely. They make,
1: it that? they make it sound like we're nut jobs. And it's like, wait a minute. No. I want to tell people that we're out there. We're willing to talk to them. I don't care who they are. Show up at the Globe next year. We'll talk to you about whatever it is you believe. Um, and we're going to sit down and have a conversation about it. And that's, that's my position on it. So, that's, And I'm hoping that Greg's books will just bring light to that um, and give people maybe a place to start talking. Uh,
0: people, uh, Well, Jim Tucker, who, of course, did some great work uh, reporting on the Bilderberg. He's sort of the granddaddy of the Bilderberg trackers, Alex Jones, of course, and, and uh, Daniel Estulin as well but but Tucker had people on the inside that would feed him information um, have you have you or anyone else that you know of been able to establish contact with somebody uh who works uh at the grove or maybe someone who's invited and and but but you know wants to leak out information have have, have those sorts of contacts been made
1: no you know i have not i don't even know quite frankly possibly how to even maybe present myself to people to get that kind of information, I think usually you have to know somebody. Um, And what we do is just sort of hang out the Grove and talk to the employees. And although they're not giving us inside information, we get kind of a general idea about the way they're being treated, um, about um, the general air of like how tired they are when they leave. But as far as the information goes, no, I, I have not had anybody actually like contact me through some kind of means. Not to suggest I wouldn't. If somebody were to contact me and say, Hey, you know, I'd like to get you some information about the Grove, possibly even get you in there at some point. I I, I would see myself taking some risks to uh, you know, to set up a meeting like that. Um and, and there are involved of, of course. Maybe not as much as Bilderberg, but uh, certainly some at least.
0: What what um... What about the reports of the sort of the lewd and lascivious behavior? Obviously, alcohol is is flowing freely, but you know a lot of these guys that uh, would attend Bohemian Grove, like Henry Kissinger, David Rockefeller, these guys are getting on. I mean, Rockefeller is over a hundred years old. Kissinger is approaching ninety uh, if he's not already. Uh, But I mean, are those reports of, of this being sort of a drunken debauchery, orgies and so forth, is that overblown or is there some truth to that?
1: There's definitely been truth to that in the past. I can't even imagine that it's not still true. How crazy people get. We have direct evidence at just literally sitting outside the Grove entrance where we will hear them emptying beer bottles into their recycling bins like for hours. I mean, so it does not take a stretch of the imagination when you're going through that much beer that you're going to have some interesting things happen down there. And there is guaranteed to be um, prostitutes of uh, either type of nature um, at this event um, and a lot of uh, shenanigans happening um, when they have their private time in their individual uh, encampments, um, You do a little bit of research in the Grove, and you find that there's anywhere between 80 to 100 different encampments of different levels of uh, political clout happening there, and uh, they all have their own levels of secrecy as well. Uh,
0: so, it, I mean, it is a, sort of an offshoot of Skull and Bones, which is the secret society established at Yale University, And I'm wondering, because some of the rituals at Yale, you know, uh, having to confess while you're lying in a coffin and so forth, and again, some of the the, the sexual acts that uh, that initiates are supposed to perform. I'm wondering if this is a method of, uh, you know, some of these events would be recorded, taped, and some of the unwitting uh, participants not realizing what's happening in their drunken state, This is how politicians end up being controlled. They're blackmailable because of something that happens at the Bohemian Grove. What are your thoughts?
1: I would have to agree with that. In fact, that line of questioning is definitely a real possibility because there is also real evidence and books written about the fact that most, if not all, of the top Republican leadership, and in this case I really do mean Republican leadership, not conservative, but Republican, um, that they're all bought off somehow with uh, um, evidence of uh, blackmail or or, or what have you, Uh, whether it's, um, you know, consortium with the same sex. Um, And and, and keep in mind that this is not about a sexual preference, okay? Um, Sexual preferences in a libertarian view is up to the person. This is not about that. This is about what the perception of the person is to their constituents if their constituents are being told that they believe that the politician in question believes a certain way, and they put bills in Congress, and they spend money, our money, and they do all of these actions, quote, on our behalf, but yet they're just lying through their teeth because they're a completely different person in private, people need to know that because... um, if if they were actually, you know, let's say in a in a world in which our politicians actually did what we hired them to do, I'm not exactly sure libertarians would have a problem with that, right? You right. know, or well, people it... like me, maybe maybe not hardcore, you know, um, no government uh, uh, type libertarians, which I look, I don't have a problem with that either. Um, I guess if if we send people to um, D.C. or to our local state houses and they actually do what we say, and all the people going, wow, they're doing what we say they're doing. Who cares what they do in their personal life? Right.
0: The point is, though, that, they, that it seems to be uh, a prerequisite of becoming a nominee or becoming uh, elected. I mean, we often we, we ask ourselves, there's 360 million Americans in the United States, and why every four years do we seem to get not the best but the worst? It's because it seems all to right. be a precondition that whoever gets vetted must be blackmailable. So they have to have a lot of skeletons in their closet, whatever those skeletons are.
1: I think it all goes back to the OSS, and it goes back to the way that intelligence officers were typically blackmailed and brought into the fold. Um, Once again, there's books on this as well. Just go find them. Um, You know, uh, James Bond, you know, was written by you know, the gentleman who was actually in the OS, you know, n- not originally worked for the OSS or the CIA, right? But he wrote all the original documents, right? Uh, uh, Fleming, right, wrote the documents that became what the CIA is. I mean, he was requested to do that. That's right. But these are these are how the, the CIA traditionally uh, gets their um, land-based intelligence officers, you know, uh, you know, The people who actually go out and are the actual on-the-ground fight.
0: That's right. And that's how you control people as well. Listen, uh, Sean, we are out of time, but I want to thank you for this hour. Enjoyed it and certainly uh, doing great work, shining a spotlight on Bohemian Grove. And the blog is resisttyranny.com, blog.resisttyranny.com. Sean, thanks again. Thank you. All right, my thanks to uh, Ian Robertson, Will Power, Albert Vinzel, all of you for listening at home, back next week with a brand new program. The man with X ray eyes, Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas Cottrell will be along, along with Stefan Verstappen. Do you remember uh, we, we talked to Stefan in the past about uh, sociopaths and how they're uh, basically running the planet? All right, in the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. <laughs>